We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to KFS Study Hall. My name is Sean W. Thank you for joining. I apologize if it sounds like I'm in an echo because I am not in at home. I am at a hotel. I'm in a hotel room in Atlantic City with three friends who are loud as hell. So I'm going to hang out in the bathroom for a bit until they leave. Um, listen, man, you see the title of the space. They called the Mecca for a reason because last night recording is 4.35 p.m. on Saturday. Last night, I have not seen an atmosphere. I have not experienced an atmosphere like I did last night. And I have I have went to watch parties for national championship games. I have been to football games. I have been to the closest that the closest comparison for me last night was I went to a Tottenham Hotspur match in April of 2017. And you know how they do in England. They just turned up. But listen, man, big win. Big, big win. I actually had to, I actually started rewatching it this morning because I was like, I needed to tell myself, I need to figure out, and I said this to the KFS group chat, I need to figure out if last night was great defense terrible offense or the Cavs just being shook and it turned out it was all three um like it looked like Donovan Mitchell it looked like Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland trying to do too much making pass when they shouldn't forcing shots when they shouldn't but hey listen man Madison Square Garden like we we talk about how much how it's the mech of basketball and how much of a home court advantage it was and we made it that last night. But you know what? I don't really want to spend time talking about this. I want to hear from y'all. Shout out to everyone in the space. Shout out I-95 Bully, Kevin Danishevsky, Busy, T.O. Uh, where did uh, where did Mitchell, shout out to you. We got Kevin Danishevsky uh, requested to speak, so we're going to bring him up. I want to get, I want to, listen, man, I want to get y'all's thoughts. Reginald, shout out to you, Reginald. I'm giving you a shout out because you have these R.J. Barrett. Because last night, R.J. Barrett beat the freaking allegations last night. But I don't want to spend time 
Because listen, we only have an hour because I need to go hit the tables, but I want to hear from y'all. So please come up to speak if you have a question or a comment, but can't make it to the stage, leave it in the chat. Just click the little uh, chat button in the lower right-hand corner, and we'll discuss it on air. But first, Kevin Danishevsky, uh, welcome to KFS Study Hall. How the hell are you? I'm well. How are you, Sean? I'm great. This was uh, unbelievable. Uh, so... I think two first of two players stuck out in my mind. Um, and then I have a question for you. Um, one, uh, obviously RJ Barrett and obviously like John Macri, I was eating a lot of crow last night and I don't think I've had a more delicious meal because that was awesome. Watching it back. It's not just like, he it, I, I, was something that I was thinking about is like he had a comment before the game that really annoyed me where he was like, well, like that mid, like that turnaround, that mid range turn, that uh, turnaround in the, in, in the baseline, that like little floater is something I usually make. And that's not borne out by the statistics. Um, and maybe, and I think I commented I, when John said something about it, I think I commented on it. It's like up star J being star J. And uh, I guess it's it's an, a more evidence of an unwill of an unwillingness to accept it, uh, it the, being the third banana. But sure enough, maybe that was a decoy because I feel like he made every right play last night. He got to the basket, um, but and made the right pass. He had a couple of opportunities where he could have taken that shot, um, but didn't. Um, and 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 pass it out. I think there was like a heart three. Um, that was really it was really important where that was the case. Um, and yeah, he was he was and he was awesome on defense too. He played. I have been on the train now for for a little bit about like you know maybe we should trade RJ in the off season like but you know what if he's gonna play like this. I don't like maybe not maybe 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 he is that wing maybe he is that defensive wing and maybe he he maybe he just needs to develop into it I what a performance it was awesome it was the best performance of his career I know he's and he's had forty six point games he's had a forty four point game I don't care this was on the biggest on the biggest stage and he was as good as he can be um second guy is like weird that I'm shouting him out because he was three for fifteen but I thought Julius Randall was awesome last night. I thought he was unreal. And imagine if I, if I, 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 I guess my first question to you, Sean, is um, in March, and I saw this in the Strickland post, post this, so I want to give this question. But in March of 2022, if I told you that in one year's time, Julius Randle would shoot three of 15 in a playoff game, and yet, not only, and yet we can, and we, and yet we could say he played awesome defense. And not only that, it felt like even though he wasn't hitting his shots, he made all the right decisions on offense. He, I mean, and, and not only, not only the right decisions, like it felt like the shots that he did hit, the dunk uh, in the third quarter when the Cavs were kind of making a bit of a push, that three in the third, uh, that step back uh, in the corner. Um, was uh, also also felt big, he, and then obviously just like his uh, like locking up locking up Evan Mobley, getting in passing lanes, 
uh, just, you know, get, getting big rebounds. Like he, he made, he made a lot, he made a lot of good, good, good passes too. Um, he was, he was, I thought he was awesome last night. And, um, he, you know, Schwinn said that I was, I've just, I was just listening to Schwinn's, uh, to Schwinn's pod, uh, with, uh, post game pod, but he needs, you know, the Knicks are going to need him to hit shots. And that's absolutely true. Absolutely. But if we get that and Julius continues to play like he has played, he has played like, he played like tonight or last night, we're going to win the series. Um, and then, Sean, my question to you is being in the building, um, I think so. the biggest moment of the 2021 playoffs was the AB alley-oop to Toppin. And it's funny because like I was, sh- my, I was showing my room and my roommate asked like, Oh, what's the difference between Barclays and MSG? And I want to get to Barclays in a second. Um, uh, and, but, it, it, and, and, and then I showed him a clip of Kevin Durant hitting the three and there's like a nice, a nice sizable react or hitting the three that was later rolled two. There's a sizable reaction to that. And then the Alec Burks hitting Obi Toppin on the uh, uh, on the pass, and which dwarfs that re- re- that reaction in a game two in the first round versus a game seven in the second round, and and the Nets probably won the championship if uh, his if his toe is a little bit smaller. So I want to know if there is any moment that you think that rivaled that last night, um, and then my, and then I just wanted to also conclude i'm asking everybody here to do me a favor and take 10 seconds to laugh at the brooklyn nets (laughs) 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 and and quite frankly all of their worth are 10 seconds because literally the numbers shit the 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 players change the coach change and the results are literally the same. First round playoffs swept. Um, all right. So, okay. So you asked two questions. One about Julius and then one about uh, moments. Okay. So that is, I've been to one playoff game before today. And that was game one of the 2013 semifinals against the Pacers, which we lost. Um, so I can only describe from things that I've seen on television for me in my lifetime, because like I was not around for Willis Reed, God rest his soul for me, the, the atmosphere. So last night, the atmosphere was just, and maybe I know that because I was there, but like there was just a palpable buzz. There were let's go next chance 20 minutes before tip off. Um, like I like I'm a partial season ticket holder. I've been to a bunch of games. I've never heard the crowd start to sing along the last line of the Star Spangled Banner before. Like it was the energy was up. The energy was good. The energy is like we were right on top of you. I would say the I, so I don't think there's any particular moment yesterday that would have topped the alley to top in. I think in playoff history. The when I think of great Knicks moments in Madison Square Garden, there is the the Ewing putback dunk in '94 that sent the Knicks to the finals. 
Um, there's my personal favorite. My favorite Knicks moment is the Larry Johnson four point play. Um, because you never saw, I never saw end zone camera angles for plays in basketball until that play. We see literally the entire building just jump up at one time. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think of other, I'm trying to think of other playoff moments, but like that would be unreal. But last night, just the energy of like, you know what? Like, we started the energy was up and just kept going up and it was at a level where the where the the Cleveland Cavaliers couldn't deal with it and you could see it affected them in the beginning and JB Bickerstaff even said as much in the post game um so yeah so that so so that was so to me I wasn't in the building for game I wasn't in the building for any of the games in 2021 um, but as I've discussed before, I, I discussed with you before, like 2021 was different because of where we were coming from, what we were coming out of in terms of the pandemic, like 15,000 people had not been anywhere assembled anywhere in New York city until game one games, one and two of the 2021 playoffs. Right. Like in fact, tonight, last night was the first time a capacity crowd has seen a playoff game, Madison square garden in 10 years. Last night was the first time because 2021, it was still limited capacity. Right. So that's where we are. So 2021 was big. Last night wasn't last night as a whole probably wasn't as lit as 2021 because I could imagine I can only imagine what the energy would have been like in 2021. But this is up there. And also because we feel confident and we won the game and we have a lead in the series. And if we win tomorrow night, oh, shit, like. I purposely selfish I for selfish reasons want I for selfish reasons want the Knicks to drop one of the next two games because game I want the Knicks to win tonight. I mean win on Sunday and lose on Wednesday or lose tomorrow and win on Wednesday because game six is my birthday. And listen, New York City will they chance to close out, to win a playoff series at home in front of this fan base, like what you saw last night was nothing. Like when when you had people playing ball on 8th Avenue, shout out to the NBA for having, for just pulling up the hoop bus literally on 8th Avenue and blocking blocking traffic to to, to have people play ball. That's the type of energy we were on last night. Um, And then, and then about Julius, I have a, I have a tweet in the Jumbotron um, it's a quote from the our head coach, Thomas Joseph Thibodeau Jr., who says, you don't have to shoot well to play well. And why that's important is because so many times, how often we have seen if Julius doesn't have it offensively, it affects him defensively. And he's not as committed and he doesn't rotate and he, he like the effort level isn't there. And he did not let that happen last night, even because I didn't know he was three or 15 until after the game. Because at no point did I say to myself, eh, Julius, I don't know. But that's because everyone else stepped up. Like, John said it last night. To me, the moment of the game was that R.J. Barrett, the first R.J. Barrett three in the first quarter. And when he, when that shot went up, the, you could hear the crowd. There was like a, not a nervousness, but the anticipation of like, if this ball goes in, we're on our way. And it went in and the cheer 
wasn't much. It wasn't. It was. I'm not gonna say it was relief, but the cheer was like, "Oh, we, oh, we got this. We got this." So, uh, those are the answers to your questions. Appreciate you, Kevin. Next up, we have my man Busy. Busy. Uh, it's it's fitting that you were here because uh, about uh, what forty minutes ago we sent the Brooklyn Nets got sent home, um, and. Your man, uh, Mikhail Bridges, and I know you say team success doesn't matter, but the Nets are twelve and seventeen since that trade. Well, listen, I'm not here and to talk about that. I'm mean, not here to talk about the Nets. I'm gonna say, all right, let me say this one thing real quick. I'm gonna say this one thing real quick. In a game where five people on the court at one time, and there's only one ball, and one person has the ball, the impact of your best player has an outsized effect on your team success. So he can get better, but listen, they got swept. All right, but you're not here to talk about that. Um, listen, listen, go ahead. I, listen, I mean, you keep trying to dance around it. Since you got that off, I'm just going to get this off. Get it, get, get, get it off. Let's go. Chemistry uh, matters. That's what she said. Chemistry, chem, uh, chemistry matters when it comes down to, to playing basketball, especially at the NBA level. Uh, the team... Finney Smith came from the Mavericks how many 20 games ago Uh, they came from the Suns uh, 20 games ago that's what I mean about team success next year team success absolutely matters once they get a full training camp in and team success absolutely will matter to the narrative and that's why I said we gotta wait until this year we gotta wait but this year, it was all about what is he doing individually, count anything chemistry-wise around the team because they haven't been together long enough to 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 say, hey, yeah, this is accurate, and and his impact is not leading to team success. It's like none of their their impacts lead to team success because they don't know how to play with each other yet. That's all I was getting at. But next year, it absolutely matters. I take it back because his individual performance wasn't great in the playoffs, and it was like. Mm, you and that's why I messaged you. I take it back that Julius that Julius definitely has a leg up on him because his individual impact wasn't felt. Yeah, right. I ninety five bully is giving us thumbs down. So we talking about all right. I, I, I all right. Move. So so let's so, move on. So one thing I wanted to know is did one did you play basketball? Because you said they had the basketball hope out, and did you win? Um. But RJ, let's let's talk about RJ and all the RJ haters. I'm I'm one to always. I think other than Julius and Brunson, everyone on this team is a role player, and the reason and that's including RJ because RJ has not put together a complete season of consistent bringing in night in night out. That's what a star player does. He's not that. He gives you glimpses. But then he fades back. So me, he's just a high level uh, role player, like quickly. So for the uh, the RJ haters, I hope last night we'll just. I don't want you to eat crow. I don't want the crow to come out every time he has a great game. I want y'all to remember that he is a player on your New York Knicks team, and support him. He struggles. Yes, we know he's wildly inconsistent. It's maddening. But also those guys that, you know, are being RJ's play is driving you crazy. Remember, he's not out there on the island on his own. 
Someone's putting him in the game. And if you have a problem with him playing, remember the coaches are trusting in this guy and giving him his playing time. So stop eating crow, support him, and support your coach's decision. Because what happens when you do, nights like last night happen. And I, I get it, more nights than, than often he's, he's having a bad game. But I will also remind you that this team has won 47 games despite him having a terrible season. For the most part, he has been inconsequential to the team's success. Last night, that was not the case. He was very much impactful and very much needed. But for the most part throughout this season, whether he's going up or down, it didn't really matter to the Knicks' success. Um, so it, 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 it drives me up the wall because I'm not an RJ stand per se. I just drives me up the wall when players, role players specifically on this team are getting like so much of the blame for the team's loss. And I'm just like, bro, they didn't not that it's not that they, the Knicks should be able to win despite that. I mean, we have several other wings. If RJ's not playing well, well then he should be benched. And then RJ shouldn't be getting the heat. It should be the guys who are playing him, which is the coach. All right. Listen, RJ's not playing well. Why didn't they put uh, Hart in or Grimes in or quickly in for him? They have options, but they went with RJ and he's getting the steamrolled and everyone else is just, oh, they, they get a pass. So my thing is just like, remember all these guys play for the team. And if you're going to be criticizing him and all of that, let's let's hear some for the coach too. Cause a lot of the guys that a lot of the guys who are, you know, negative RJ is pro tips. And it's just like that's Tibbs guy. Same thing as last year when when Julius was out there killing the team. It was he wasn't out there on the island on his own. It's not just Julius' fault. You know that he's out there mm-hmm. when he's he's playing good. So you know, I just want I want fair balance. Stop being biased. Well, if you well, want fair and balance, you're in the wrong app. You're in the wrong <laughs> app if you want fair and biased. First of all, uh, but I see. I get your point. Um, here's what I would tell you. Uh, I think okay. So two things. One, I have a tweet on the, in the jumbotron, and it's it's a tweet from. There's two tweets. One is from Richie Rich AMC, and it says, the best thing... Um, actually, I'll, I'll read a couple of tweets. So the first tweet is from um, Ethan at New York sports fan Kush, and he says, no matter how RJ Barrett's time in New York turns out, unless something bad really happens, I'll always have respect for him in this game. The entire world was against him, and he showed the fuck up. That was last night at 10.53. And then Richie Rich underscore AMC responded and said, the best thing about RJ is that he isn't scared to fail like some are. That will propel him to success more than most. And I actually retweeted that because I agree with it. And then Kevin F3394 retweeted it, and he said, guys, you asked me what the difference, what's the difference between number four in Toronto and RJ? This, that first sentence. And RJ's ability, RJ's ability to believe in himself and it is what carried him last night because a lot of players, a lot of guys who were the third overall pick who had a career that he had in this scene would have folded last night, and he was not one of them. 
Um, so I have to give him credit for that. In, a, in in response to like how he gets so much shit for losses, even though he's like he's not like he's not the best player in your situation where you say like everyone's a role player except Brunson and RJ. I mean Brunson and Randall. I say all the time, happiness equals reality minus expectations. As my co-host Chris Persian has pulled up, let me go at him. Happiness equals reality minus expectations. So for a lot of people, there was this when you think he's the prince that was promised, when you think that he's going to be the guy, when you think he's going to be Starjay, when you have this idea of like he's going to be all this stuff because he's our prize for being the worst team in the league in 2019 and he's not that, it gets people, some people just, they don't live, they live in extremes. It's either it's all good or all, all bad. So now you have people that believe that like if we, if RJ was better, this team will be a championship contender. So that's why um, you have this so much blowback that because you have blowback from the people who believe in him that that he that they now believe that RJ has not lived up to the standard of which he should be combined with people that thought he was a bum from day one. And there was a lot of people in his family that thought he was a bum from day one. And it being New York and everything that we do is magnified and looked at under a microscope. Like, that's why you got all that. That's why you got all that. Like, I've never turned on RJ. I never will. That's why I, I, I posted a tweet I posted yesterday, that Michael Urban video. Like, no one believes in you. What are you going to do about it? And he did something about it. And kudos to him for doing that. Um, so thank you, Busy. Appreciate you as always. Um, before we get to I-95 Bully, because he was throwing up. Um, he was I'm throwing ready, up. you ready, bro. He was throwing up. Thumbs down sign, so I know he's going to be bringing the heat. Uh, I just want to read. First, I want to welcome Chris Farsianen, uh to the show, uh, my co-host, who is getting better every week. Yeah, Chris is the, he covers the Knicks for Fordham University Sports, and he is the radio voice of Fordham University Women's Basketball. Chris, how the hell are you? Sean, I'm outside right now, and you know what I mean by that. Um, I'm going to be quick, and I'm going to be honest. We got to talk about it, and I know I'm the last person to be quick. I know I'm the first person to be honest. Today, we're going to do both. The New York Knickerbockers came out in a game three, their first game at home. They knew they were playing with house money. And frankly, I looked at that game. I said, they're going to lose game three, and they're going to win game four. They'll know game four what they got to do to come out and win. But game three, they're going to get taken aback by the Cavaliers' aggressiveness on their home court. Let me tell you, Sean, I could not have been more wrong about my projections for that game of basketball. Just like game one, the New York Knicks came out and they punched Cleveland in the face. Now, everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the face. You know who said those words? If you don't, hit Google. And let me tell you, it comes down to what you can do once you get hit in the face. And if you were the New York Knicks, you kept up the defensive intensity. You kept up everything you were doing, and you just got better on the offensive end. If you're the Cleveland Cavaliers, you responded poorly to the adversity. You responded poorly to the pressure from the fans, from the players. And frankly, you didn't adjust well one bit to what you were facing. So you ask me, the New York Knicks played this game three close to perfectly. They played their game, and there's a reason that between the regular season and the playoffs, 
this one team to score under 80 points, and it's those Cleveland Cavaliers in that game three. Well said. And the fact that that team scored, that that game was 9-8 with like five minutes left in the third. It was six minutes left in the, in the first quarter. And I remember I was sitting next to Cedric, and I'm like, yo, it's 9-8. Like, this is 90s basketball. And the fact that, that from that point on, the Cleveland Cavaliers scored 71 points. 71 points in three and a half quarters is disgusting. Chris, thank you very much. Enjoy outside. I'm gonna be outside with you. Like I said, we are only gonna be here an hour. I'm gonna read one, I'm gonna read one comment and then we get to I-95 bullies. Well, this is, you know, this um, is the listener's episode. We're in the playoffs. We know that yes. I, I'm gonna be honest, as someone that's covered now as a beat reporter, real NBA games, I can I can say very honestly that there's no fan base more passionate, more loud, more active online and offline, both. You go to the pizza place you go to the deli you can't escape the new york knicks right and the reason for that to me is because this fan base is so about what they do they are so passionate about what they watch that you can't stop them so this is the listeners episode in my opinion you take a look at what the fan base is bringing to the table we got to hear it from them absolutely we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, Knicks fans? Quick break to tell you about HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. You've got New Year's goals, and HelloFresh is here to help you achieve them. Take control of your time and budget with delicious recipes delivered right to your door. Looking for an easy way to eat well and save money this year? Cut back on expensive takeout and delivery and get started with HelloFresh. You'll love how easy, fun, and affordable it is to whip up a restaurant-quality meal right in your own kitchen. With fast and fresh recipes, HelloFresh's latest line of meals featuring robust flavors and filling portions are ready in less than 50 minutes. Enjoy taste and quality done quick with recipes like falafel power bowls, seared steak and potatoes with béarnaise sauce, or southwest pork and bean burritos. If you're like me and just don't have time for food shopping, let the groceries come to you. Don't hesitate. Head to HelloFresh.com slash FilmSchool50 and use code FilmSchool50 for 50% off plus your first box ships free. Again, that's HelloFresh.com slash FilmSchool50 and use code FilmSchool50 for 50% off plus your first box ships free. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. 
Okay, uh, we're gonna bring I-95 Bully back up here. I-95 Bully, can you hear me? I-95 Bully, can you hear me? He's connecting. Yo, can you hear me yo, now, sir? Clear. Let me tell you, man, yo, it's Saturday. I'm in the house. I'm in the kitchen making some pernil. Trying to do it up with the cilantro, with the garlic, and I'm hearing, what are we talking about? Why do we have to talk about if this happens, if that happens? Did you not see the game that happened yesterday? Why do we have to talk about what RJ could be or his role? Look at what this boy just did. Look at what he just did. He's 22 years old. This was the RJ game. What are we talking about? Save all that. Save that. Save the calculators. Save all that for the offseason. Save that for the summer. We just witnessed one of the greatest Knicks wins in 23 years. What are we talking about? Where's the energy at? I'm not saying we need to be out here and we need to be cheerleaders. I'm not saying that. But damn, yo, we just won game three. Did you hear the garden last night? Did you see them shut down 8th Avenue last night? Did you see them climbing up? Climbing up on the rafters last night. Climbing up on the lights last night. And then, oh boy, want to talk about Tibbs. Tibbs is coaching his ass off. Did you not see the adjustments? Did you not see him go guard on guard? I-95, you're fading in and out. Stay close to your mic. I'm, I'm loud and clear now, man. I oh, just turned my Bluetooth him? off. I'm loud and yes, clear yes. right now. Did you there we go. There we go. with his adjustments? You were waiting for Mitch. You were waiting for Hardenstein to come out and set those screens at the top of the key. But what did you see? You saw RJ setting them. You saw IQ setting them. You saw Josh Hart setting those screens. We wanted RJ to be more involved. What did you see from RJ last night? You saw him getting the ball while he was in movement. And I don't know who made the thread up. I think it must have been you guys' boy, uh, Ace Zulo, where he had a thread about getting RJ the ball while he's actually moving. And you saw that when he had the ball in the corner and he's tracking up to the top of the key and there's two screens already being set because we know he's going to go left and go to the rack. Did you not see that? So I don't understand. Like, what, what are we talking about? What are we doing? If we can't be fans after that win yesterday, we had our number three pick win us a game. We had our number three overall pick win us a game. Whether you think he's going to be here long term, whether you think he's going to be here after this summer, it doesn't matter because he helped us win the game today. And to the point that um, someone else made, Julius Randle, yes. A poor shooting night, but he contributed to winning. And this Cavs defense is legit. This Cavs defense is real. So it's going to be ugly. You're likely not going to get us scoring 120, 125 points, 30 points here, 20. It, it might not happen this series. But we are doing whatever it takes to win the game. Uh, uh-oh. Did IQ wake up? Did IQ start to wake up a little bit? At the same time, RJ started to wake up? It's scary. It is scary. I'm out the window. I, I don't care if you say Nixon 5, Nixon whatever. My original prediction was either Nixon 5 or Nixon 7 because the way this team has been playing, I figured we wouldn't close it out on the road with our Tim Zone in their house. In their house. Do you guys see what the Cleveland Cavaliers fans are saying about our city, the Mecca? Do you see the title? They call it the Mecca for a reason. Do you see what they're saying about the Mecca? And here we are nitpicking this and that. RJ, this and that. Shut up. Are we nitpicking? Are we? Are we nitpicking? No, you're I'm not. not nitpicking. No, no, no. You're, you're not. 
I don't think any I don't think anyone really nitpicking here. I mean, I just think listen, we're all proud of him. I think that we all we all wanted that game, expected that game, and we're happy and we're happy it came out. I think we're all we're all supporters today. I don't I'm think just anyone bidding, is nitpicking. So I, 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 I've been seeing it. Get your shit off I ninety five, Billy. Get your shit I, off. I'm I, not getting through again. It. And to say, oh, we're inefficient. Oh, we're this. Oh, well, they have Donovan Mitchell. Do you not see what the media is saying about us? It is literally us against everybody. Us against everybody. And you can tell the national media, they do not watch the Knicks the way they should. That's why we are constantly getting disrespected. So no, there is no be humble. They're doing enough of that for us already. They want to keep us under their thumbs. That's what they want. So why are we going to do that to ourselves? Why are we going to do that to ourselves? You saw Josh Hart. You saw the braids. You saw the NY logo. That's what it is. Tell me that did not make you feel like, oh, remember Mason had the haircut? R.I.P. Remember Mason had the haircut? Look at Mitch. That's a, that's a, that's a good shout. That's Look a at good Mitch. Shout. This is his first playoff series. And you saw him last night hedging. Mitch had a monster game yesterday. He looked like a man out there yesterday. He's our draft pick. He's our draft pick. Emmanuel quickly, he hit the three. He looked back at the Cavs bench and said, I'm back. I'm back. Like Jay-Z said, I lost 92 bricks, had to fall back. Well, he fell back and then he came back. I'm done, man. What are we talking about here? Love the energy on 95, boy. Love the energy. And listen, man, you exemplify the energy we saw last night. You exemplify the energy we saw last night. You're right. We shut down 8th Avenue last night. Game six, we're going to shut down 7th Avenue and 8th Avenue, maybe 9th Avenue. And and 31st Street. It is. Uh, Busy has his hand up. Busy, you have a response. Yeah, no, he just reminded me, man. I I wanted to bring that up. While I was watching the game in that first quarter, I had... um, once Garland got a few open shots, and I, I remember they got like a few offensive rebounds, so they got a few cracks at it. And when they was getting wide open shots and missing, I was like, oh, yeah. Everything that we've been saying is, is true. Like, they, they're too young. They can't, they can't play on the road. I don't think they could beat us at, in New York. They can't beat us in New York. It's, it, 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 it showed that they were shook. The moment was too big for them. Like Garland after game two, how he came out, you would think that he would be able to keep that going. But when he was started missing, he kept missing in that first half. It was just like, yeah, this this moment's too big for him. And then uh, one thing I wanted to mention about Julius is like, I I I was listening to a post game and I heard Macri talk about Julius like not playing well. I'm like, Mo- Mobley is finish second in defensive player of the year. Like, I don't even care if Julius plays well uh, this series. I mean, he, that's his matchup. You know, what do you expect? And you expect him to, you know, cook this guy that that's the second most important defensive player in the league this year? Like, even if he struggles, as long as he's doing the other little things, you know, it, it's fine. And that that's going to that's going to require others to step up. Now, no one's going to replace them, so it's going to be quickly one time, and then RJ, and then we had an RJ game, so now quickly turn, and, and Hart's been great. But, you know, 
he just has to not force it. Like, and that that's that's the same mindset that RJ has as well at times. It's kind of like, listen, sometimes you're just out there as a decoy. They're going to they're going to defense sometimes overreact to those two guys, especially when they get downhill. So as long as Julius is playing the decoy part and not forcing it, I'm OK with him not scoring. But. The the real big point I wanted to point out is that the Cavs just they don't look ready for the moment after that game. I mean, the first game, once once they let us get one on the road, I was like, oh, this is gonna be an uphill climb for them. The second the when we got blown out the second game against them, it was kind of like I felt like we kind of let go of the road. We was in it for a little while, and it was just like the psyche of of the team seemed like, hey, we got one. We'll get them back, and even Julius after after the uh, second game, his post game comments were really confident, and I was just like, "Wow, he must know something." And sure enough, they showed out last night. So that's all I got. Appreciate you, um, I ninety five bull. He has his hand up. What you got? Yo, this series, right? We all like to believe that these players they only care about winning, and that's it. But in this series, there's a lot on the line for these players as individuals, their career paths in the NBA going forward. You look at Jalen Brunson. He still wants to prove that, yo, I am that guy. And like I said, the media, the national media does not watch us during the regular season. It's clear as day. But they're watching now. This is the stage. RJ, uh, Kev said that, you know, he's he's figuring out how to be a, a number three guy. And I agree with him 100%. But we all know RJ wants more. He know what happened this summer. He knows who he's lined up against. IQ, Rob of Sixth Man of the Year. Shout out to you guys for the emergency pod. I watched it live. I appreciate it. It was, it was good content. But IQ got robbed. Got robbed right in front of us. So he has something to prove on the national stage. Tom Thibodeau, how many points this time of year did we call for his head? Before the Philly game? Before that Midwest uh, road trip? And he, he's delivering for us. His job, his career was on the line. You know, if he would have got fired, that would have been it for him. Josh Hart, journeyman. He wants a taste of the apple. He wants a taste of the apple. He wants to be here. And he, he's willing to do whatever it takes to contribute to winning. You can have that draft pick. I'll give you two of them for what he's given us. That, that draft pick that we don't know who he is, he just won us a game. He won us game one. Mitch, this is his first time on the show. Hartenstein, he's a backup. You don't think for one second, he's like, man, I'm good enough to start, actually. Obi, and I saved him for the last four reasons. Obi, I hate to say it, but he's probably playing his last games in the Nick uniform. He's probably playing. All the right, I don't want to hear that. Wait a minute. Wait a fucking minute. Wait a minute. You can't come up here and say we're gonna nitpick on our interview. I want to I don't want to hear about nobody's last game in a Nick uniform. Nah, B. We're not doing that. We not, I'm I'm holding you to your own standard. We're not doing that today, I-95, but I we're got not you. doing that today. 30 seconds. 30 seconds. I got you. 30 seconds, and then we'll go to Kevin Dennis. 30 seconds. So back to the court. Obi has given us like some really productive minutes. When, when he's out there, we're not saying, man, Obi, you should be doing this. Obi, you should be doing that. He's coming up and he's showing out in his role. In his role. So people, we were saying, oh, we don't know what Obi is. He's showing you like what he could be. This is development. 
This is development in the highest order right now. What up, Kev? Kevin? Yeah. Um, so first of two things, two things to bully. Uh, first of all, I have to take the L, another L too, because uh, as I think Blood of Depanda pointed out, I had tweeted earlier when it looked like Obi was sort of lost. Um, and XJ and others can attest that I never, not, I never didn't believe in Obi as a player, but my belief wavered in him in his role here and how productive it was to continue to throw him out there. Obi was awesome. Obi's been awesome in the, in the series, to be honest. He was, he was great in game one. He's really good this game. Something else I just, um, you mentioned quickly, and I just wanted to, uh, to cover this. Um, I mentioned this in a super chat last night on KFS, but I really hope Andy Larson was watching the game and I hope he feels really good about himself. Um, and I hope Bill Simmons enjoys rooting for a team that loses to poverty franchises. And um, who was the third one that I shouted out? Oh, I, I hope Greg Anthony uh, but, uh, um, enjoys. Greg Anthony, by the way, was one of the, the, the three vote was one of the eight voters who did not put quickly on the ballot. And then, and then he's like, well, I need a metric. Someone cites metrics. Oh, I hate analytics. Blah, blah, blah. Give me a break. I, I, it, is, it was it, it was an about it was an abomination. It, it's one thing to be like, okay, I don't like like with 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 all three of those voters. There's, there's something that, that in common that's hypocrisy. Because it's one thing to be like, oh, I don't like analytics. Brogdon was efficient, or like I don't trust. Like I think Danny Morang. I think we were, I, we, were, we were talking about this, and he's like, look, I don't. I'm very skeptical of impact metrics, and I think he ha- and he has good re- his good reasons for why he is. And Brogdon's more efficient, and I ultimately voted for quickly because I know how good. Qu- or yeah, I don't. I think he, vote, he had a vote, but he ultimately would vote for quickly. Um, and that's fine. That's 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 that's, that's a, you 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 can make the argument for Brogdon. I'm not saying that, but um, but what I'm saying is, and I feel like it, there was a coordinated campaign. And Sean, you have it in your pin tweet. Malcolm Brogdon won the won the sixth man of the year the night that um Emmanuel, that um, Emmanuel quickly scored thirty eight points because all the Boston the Boston uh, media complex the, the the Boston sports the Boston sports machine complex was all yes. over it was all over the a narrative that suddenly it mattered. Behind how how many games uh, behind how many games you started? Even though Lamar Odom started thirty five freaking games and Manu Ginobili started twenty eight freaking games. Kevin Kevin McHale started like a bunch of games, like at least twenty and one six man of the year. Listen, man, I never listen that. Mm, I, I'll never forgive them for that bullshit. That was complete bullshit. They couldn't. St- they saw. I choose skipping around the TD Garden and say we can't let this guy win six man of the year. Can't let that happen. Can't let it happen. <sighs> All right. Um, go ahead, Kevin. We'll wrap up. Get 30 seconds and we're gonna move yeah, on. Yeah, uh, it was no, it was despic- it was despicable. And it's like it's one again, it's I, I want to reiterate, it's one thing to like not to, you know, you're a boss sports writer and whatever whatever, you don't like analytics because you like Trump, um, and whatever. Uh, uh, okay, or like, and, and again, they're reasonable arguments for Malcolm Brogdon, but the the way the media treated this was flagrant and disgusting. And I I do hope at least uh, we get a Randall third team, um, because I don't think that's going to make a, a, a third team. Listen, I think a lot of Knicks fans learned today about how much politics and narrative plays in cities of wards. Um, 
because literally enough people decided that we're going to convince people that we should discount games that this kid played because he started so we can give Malcolm Brogdon a Lifetime Achievement Award. And I'm, I said this as the intro to Casual Friday Pod. If you did listen to that, you should because it's fucking fire. I never want to hear about New York bias ever again. I never, ever want to hear. <coughs> excuse me. I never, ever want to hear from any media personality, whether you're on ESPN or Fox Sports 1 or MSNBC or whatever the fuck. I never want to hear New York bias. The league wants New York to win. They're rigging it for the Knicks. They want the Knicks to win. I never want to hear that again because I watched them take this trophy out of this boy's hands. That trophy was his and they took it from him. I never want to hear that again. Let me read some of these comments. Thank you to everyone who left comments. We'll get to all of them. And if there's any questions, we'll actually we'll see if um, our panel on stage can help answer some of them. Um, And I'm ending this space at 530 because I got to go gamble. All right. First, uh, from Jordan Bub, Jordan says, I think RJ understands his limitations in his game and made adjustments according to play within yourself, which is a big stride in his development because you don't have to score to be a good or even great player in the league. And I think he's finally understanding that point. Um, Jordan, I, I agree with you mostly. The only thing I would, the only thing I will push back on and curious if anyone else on stage agrees with me or not, is that while he has made adjustments, um, and he understands his limitations in his game, sometimes it wouldn't manifest itself because there are, there are times, and I know we're not supposed to be doing this on 95 bully, but there are times where RJ just wouldn't make the right decision. And even you saw in game one, he was making the right decisions. He just didn't shoot well. Game two, whatever. But listen, he made all the right decisions. I, I'm curious to see how many more he would have had if people were brick, if it wasn't a freaking brick fest last night. But yes, he absolutely understands it and it manifests itself last night. And hopefully we'll see more of it. Busy. I, I think, <clears throat> I think, excuse me, RJ, um, RJ has a little bit of that Julius processing speed problem. Uh, but also I think that, you know, RJ just has the the stepchild syndrome problem as well, where he sometimes he makes bad decisions, but it's because he is forcing it because he's thinking to himself, this is my time. I got a limited space between Julius and Jalen that I can get minds off. So sometimes he makes the wrong decisions because his pressure is his pressure. I, you know, it, it sounds like an excuse, but I really think that kind of that's that's really what it is. If he was like on a bad shitty team where he just had like a hundred percent college blanche to do whatever he wants, he probably would look better, you know. But because he has to fit in so much into a small, narrow thing, sometimes he's just overthinking the, the, the thing, uh, overthinking the plan. Uh, that That's just, just my thoughts on RJ in, in total. But he's still, a, you know, I, I still think he, he'll be fine going forward. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, I-95, you flash your hand? Yeah, man. Yo, with RJ, if you look at the first, uh, one, two, first three weeks of the season, RJ was leading the team in shot attempts uh, per game, not per 36, not per 100, 
per game, he was leading the team in shot attempts. Also in that time frame, Jalen Brunson was still trying to you know, work his way into that leadership role on the, on the team, being the new guy. So everything was still primarily going uh, through Julius for those first couple weeks. So RJ, he had his chance to take it, and it seemed that the team was okay with allowing him to be uh, the volume shooter. You know, we fast forward now, RJ's playmaking takes so much off of uh, Julius Randle and Jalen Brunson because we know Julius Randle is the best uh, matchup uh, create matchup advantage creator on the team. Now you add RJ to that. And what I saw in that game yesterday, when RJ was getting the ball um, on, on the right wing, he was starting to see a wall. Julius Randle, they were showing him a wall. And it's just a product of the way they play. They're not fast, quick, uh, process decision-making guys. But with RJ Mayo, if he could keep up like his playmaking and just keep making the right decisions, we could live with it. Like We can live with it. On that play he had yesterday where he had the ball on the left wing, he was backing in, knew he didn't have a shot attempt, and he stumbled. He, he, was, he was falling down, and he passed the ball to Josh Hart, and it almost went out of bounds. It was almost a turnover, but it's like those are turnovers that you can live with when you're trying to make the right play but it just doesn't work. And on that same play, that was one of Josh Hart's threes. That was one, that was one of his uh, three assists that game. So with RJ, keep up with the defense, with that effort, and just you know keep giving us the playmaking and sound decision-making, and you'll be good, kid. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well said on 95. All right. We're going to rapid fire through these co- uh, comments um, and questions. Um, Jordan, again, says... No, this is actually, this is from, uh, what, what I got next here? I got, uh, no, okay, we said that. Okay, oh, this is from T.O., shout out to T.O. Thoughts on, the, thoughts on the narrative pushing. I'm all about the team and winning. It's okay to criticize everyone, any, everyone and anyone if he deserves it, but it seems the Hive mentality continues to divide a fan base where instead of rooting for team success, some continue to root for their favorite player first. Um, T.O., that is social media in 2023. Um, some people in Hive culture and some people want their agendas to matter more than a team. Some people want their players to win, players to play well. They don't care. That's just who people are. Um, and nothing you can do about that. Does I just say, listen, listen, we root for the name. Listen, we root for the name of the jersey on the front of the jersey, not the name on the back. However, the names on the back are the people who play. And those are the people who play and those are the people who get us wins. So we should support all of them. Listen, I was Julius Randle's biggest, one of his biggest credits last year. And it, and it's funny because other fan bases will say like, oh, look at you last year. You were crushing him. I was like, yes, I was crushing him because he was terrible. But and I would and I'll be honest, like I was like, I don't see how they could bring him back. And they brought him back. And he's going to and hopefully he'll make all NBA again. And they made a, and I look stupid. And, but you know what? I accept that and I move on. So listen, if you're a player, if you have a favorite player, there's nothing wrong with having a favorite player. But the, the success of that player or the success of your agenda does not matter over the team unless you're not a Nick fan and you're just an RJ fan. If you're just an RJ fan or a Randall fan or a Brunson fan or whoever fan, then God bless you. All right. Next question. This is from Ben Kim Gurvey. Hello, Ben. Good to see you again. What adjustments do you think the Cavs will make for game four? And do you think they will adjust to adjust to defend RJ? Or do you think that game was a one-off? I guarantee you they're saying them. I guarantee you they're saying two things to themselves. One, RJ's not going to do that shit again. 
And two, we just miss shots. I guarantee you that, like, you may see them trap Brunson a little bit more. I, they didn't trap him as much in this game as they did in game two, partially because likely they thought that there would be a change, like a, 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 a change of philosophy. And I-95 pointed it out. Instead of instead of using Mitch or iHeart as a screener, they used uh, RJ, they used Grimes, they used guards as screeners. But I guarantee you, they're saying themselves, we just hit shots. And to be fair, they hit a, they missed a lot of open shots, to be fair. They're saying to themselves, we hit shots. We will have a chance in this game. Um, and RJ, do that shit again. And you know something? If I was if I was JB Bickerstaff, that's exactly what I'd be saying. I'd be saying, do that shit again. Uh, next, we have Jordan again. IQ was extremely efficient, effective point of attack. And IQ was excellent with his screen setting for Brunson. It helped Brunson to get more space and time to methodically break down his matchup for, and get shots for him as a team. I, I, I'm going to say this, like I Brunson didn't have the best game, but to your point, he was methodical and he was effective. It's like Tom Thibodeau says, you don't have to shoot well to play well. You can contribute in other manners and in, 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 in other ways. And we did, and we absolutely did that. Next, we have, again, this is Jordan Bub. I believe that making RJ and Hart lineups is for either RJ to drive and be precise with passing and his decision-making while also making his open threes and for Josh Hart to not pump fake and wide open threes and take a shot. Jordan, my man, thank you. We, we, the casuals, we said this in our preview to this. We cannot have any Ben Simmons moments from anyone on this team. If you got a shot, Go up. If you got, if you have an open three, go up. If you have an open three, take it. No hesitation. This team is really good at taking away threes. We have to allow the threes. We have to allow the threes. Um, we have to take the threes. We have to take them. Um, and I think, again, getting RJ downhill, getting RJ with a head of steam, getting RJ going to the basket is essential, especially for a team that, again, doesn't give up a lot of threes. So you need to, you need point, you need points at the rim. Um, so it comes down to his decision making. And RJ made the right decision over and over and over again last night. And if we get that, if we get that RJ, if we get that RJ and we get Julius Randle at normal speed, this series will be over by Wednesday. I think game five is on Wednesday. I have to double check, but this series will be over in five if we get that. Absolutely. Um, next up is Jordan again. If Grimes is out, who do you think the Knicks should start? IQ or Hart? I I'm gonna open this up to the panel. Uh well, I'll go I-95 boy, then Kevin and Biz. Um, who do you think should start? Uh I if I if Grimes is out, IQ or Hart? Um I, I would definitely go IQ because you need uh, a shooter. And we know Josh Hart, like you mentioned before, he does have a slow trigger. Even though Cookie doesn't have a fast trigger, it's much quicker than Josh Hart. So you need someone that's going to be able to pull up when they get the ball, if they get space, and you need that spacing. So I go with IQ. Kevin. First of all, I think that Grimes is going to play. Um, I think the questionable questionable designation has been used, um, what's the word for it, liberally um, by the Knicks this season. I get the arguments for both. I would start Hart because I think you need that point of attack defense on Donovan. 
Um, and if RJ is hitting his threes, which is a big F, um, and I'm hoping this gets him going, I think it will. Um, to be clear, I identify Billy. I think it will. Um, and uh, so if that's the case, I think that you should go hard. Busy. Uh, I would do IQ, but I think Tibbs will probably go Josh Hart because he probably uh, prioritizes the matchup of Mitchell, uh, uh, either Grimes or Hart being on Mitchell over IQ and then trying to put RJ on Mitchell instead. But, you know, I, I would definitely just put RJ on Mitchell and live with the results. And and have IQ on Garland, and then go back to Brunson, hiding Brunson on whoever the third guy is. So I I remember John in the post game said he think that Josh Hart would get the start. I understand why you people would say IQ to start because I think that that would help because I think we're gonna see more trapping of Brunson game four. Um, and then IQ as that outlet would really help, but it's at the same time, if IQ starts, then who's your backup point guard? Deuce McBride. And we all love Deuce. Um, that could be dicey. And I think he would be great defensively, but if he's not hitting shots, I don't know, but you never know. Um, I what think, if he's I, just getting but, minutes? but that, yeah, but that's, that's I, a little skewed because if Deuce is coming off the bench for IQ or Brunson, then one of them is staying in exactly, the game. Exactly. Yeah. So, so, so Deuce is not really ever going to be the point guard. So, okay. If Deuce, okay. Let's say IQ starts. I guess, yes, you could stagger. So one of IQ or Brunson on the floor at all times. Um, but you'll probably see some deuce. You, you okay? You'll definitely see deuce minutes if a heart doesn't play for sure. I just don't. You'll probably be like five minutes of the first half, see how he goes. If he's hitting threes, or whatever. Um, but I see both sides. I, I Again, I see absolutely both actually, sides. Could actually have a really nice impact in the series if he's called upon because his point of attack defense is really, really valuable against Mitchell and Garland. Absolutely. Um. Johan uh, says Sunday early game is not easy, but in JB, I trust Brunson and quickly will play great Sunday. Let's go next. Um, I'll say this. Uh, yeah, Sunday's game will not be easy. Um, at the same time, the Cleveland Cavaliers will be spending Saturday night in New York City. Um, but I think they will have adjustments. They're going to come out. I listen, Donovan F. Mitchell is going to try and burn this bitch down tomorrow night. You, you tomorrow afternoon, you watch. He's going to try to burn this bitch to the ground tomorrow night. We cannot let him. The, the, the spider stinker, and I just I just made that up. The spider stinker is coming. It's either game four or game five. But he's putting it up. He is putting it up. All right. Uh, it is way past 530. All right, rapid fire. Uh, what we got here? Again from Jordan. Thank you, Jordan. Appreciate your um, appreciate you. Nick's bench will keep on destroying Cavs bench because the only because only the bench production for them is because only the bench production for them is starting. And now we're reaching a point where Cavs are searching for production, unlikely, more honestly, unreliable sources. I agree with you a thousand percent, Jordan. Listen, you need eight guys to win a title. You need eight guys to win a playoff series. Uh, you can get no. You can actually not win a playoff. You can actually win a playoff series with not having a solid eight man rotation. 
if you're if your starters, if you're big three, your big four are formidable. Um, the problem is you cannot, it's much harder when you when you have a team of four and you're going up against a team of nine. And honestly, 10. Because like, like we just spoke about earlier, Deuce is gonna show up and be in someone's ass. Um that was a reckless comment, but I don't care. Like he's gonna he's gonna be a pest. And if he's hitting threes, that's a problem. So uh, yes, the, we, we, we have to win. I said it from game one. We have to win the non-spider minutes. We have to win these bench minutes because listen, Okoro, I mean, Okoro played yesterday. He hit a three or two, but I'm surprised that I didn't think we we're going to see him again. Uh, Jetty Osmond is who he is. Ricky Rubio. You're definitely not seeing Ricky Rubio again. Danny Green is food. Like we cannot, we cannot lose Ben. Our bench cannot lose to their bench. And th- there you go. Uh, Jordan, again, Obi Toppin mer- deserves more minutes in this series than he gets, but he's been valuable in non-random minutes and his movement without ball and quick processing on either end of the court has shown its weight in gold in the series. Jordan, I said this during uh, the casual Friday pod. Uh, there is a there is a tweet from Fred Katz who let me I, I, I can find this. Um, there's a tweet. From actually, it was John retweeted something Fred Katz has done at, 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 um, at outlined um, in his article where they had trapped Brunson. They trapped Brunson and Brunson threw the outlet to Julius. And at that point, it was it was basically four and three in terms of Knicks versus Cavs. The four Knicks and three Cavs involved in the play. Julius is open at the at above the break, and he doesn't make the quick pass. He allows them, he allows Cleveland to reset. And I had said, if you had Obi Toppin in that place, in that spot, Obi Toppin makes the pass quicker. Um, I'm going to try and find this. I'm going to try and find this. I'm going to try and find this. Um, While I'll try to find it, I'm going to ask Chris Persianen to come up here and say some stuff and to filibuster while I find it. Uh, Chris Persiani, can you hear me? Chris, are you there? Chris, going once. Chris, going twice. Chris, going three times. He dropped out. Oh, he dropped out. Okay. Uh, he's requesting again. All right, I found a tweet. The tweet is in the Jumbotron. Um, for those who do not subscribe to The Athletic, subscribe to The Athletic. It's really good. There's an article from Fred Katz on there. Can you hear me now? He outlines... Yes, there, oh, there you go. Man. What's up, buddy? What you got? You're talking about all this going once, going twice. I'm screaming. I'm saying, Sean, I'm here. Listen, this is what happens, Elon, when you run live test versions of the app while the app is running. Um, all right, we're back. I wanted to talk about this tweet that Mac retweeted about Fred Katz's article. Um so this is actually really good timing from Sean. Um, I'm gonna gonna throw something out there. I've been listening for the last like 20 minutes. I love, by the way, what our listeners are bringing to the table. This is study hall. This is study hall. The playoff passion from the Nick fan base, the Nick faithful, is so audible and apparent. But I want to talk about if everyone could take a look at this tweet that Macri sent out, where he's screenshotted Fred Katz's article. My point here was actually, you know, about the fact that that screenshot of Fred's is possible in a lot of different plays. 
the Knicks are playing the way you're seeing here a lot. And overall, to be as short as possible here, Thibodeau is always a coach that is going to attack mismatches before anything else. When you're playing a team that has two six-footers and two seven-footers in Mitchell and Garland and Mobley and Allen, there's going to be space to eat in the middle. And this is why it was so important to the Nick team that R.J. Barrett had the game three that he did. It's not a coincidence that Barrett scored a lot in the first half and got a lot of assists in the second half. You know what that is? That's him taking advantage of the defense's game plan for him in the first half. And in the second half, once they adjusted, taking advantage of their new game plan for him and finding open teammates. That is the perfect game from R.J. Barrett. And so I wanted to shout out this play that Fred Katz put extra emphasis on because when you look at that arrow that's pointed to quickly, Barrett demanded the Grimes quickly level of attention in game three because he was making his open shots. And that's what opened up so much for New York. Yeah, well said. Well, listen, man. I'm hyped. I'm, I'm actually just like I found. I found. Listen, man. Oh man, we are. We are. Oh, I'm. I'm actually hyped again. I'm actually because I said I was going to close this space 12 minutes ago, and I want to go gamble, and I'm getting. I'm getting excited. But listen, all right, we're gonna. Um, we're gonna. Here's what we're gonna do. We are going to get through these, uh, and then we're it's gonna get out early. Of here. It's Saturday. It's plenty of time to gamble. Son, yeah, bro. Listen, I, I got, I got one night here. I got, a, I, I got one night. I'm, I'm trying to maximize the situation. All right, all right. Let's see now. Where was I? Um, do, 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 do. nope, nope. Said that already. Wrote, said that already. Knicks bench. Uh, Obi deserves more minutes. Yeah, Obi deserves more minutes. He wrote that. Yes, we said that. Next up. Uh, oh, actually, that might be it. That might that I think those are all the questions. Oh, we had one more comment from I ninety five. Billy, Let's man, we hear just won it. game three. Let's fucking go. Who cares about Brooklyn? Um, yes, fuck Brooklyn. Like not as the borough as the team, they can go to hell. Um, and I think okay, these are all that the comments. I can't but wait, 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 wait. Well, listen. As someone from the Bronx, I'm not the biggest fan of Brooklyn, but Brooklyn is still part of New York. I have a lot of friends who are from Brooklyn, who still rooted for the Nets, who still root for the Knicks, that didn't cross over to the other side. Phoenix is going to win this game. Oh, Phoenix is going to win this game. 3-1. Goodbye. Oh, I love Kawhi Leonard. We're going to have a dialogue because you low manage the entire season and then you're not wow, playing today. I That's said, terrible. I said earlier, we got to have a dialogue about after game two, I said Kawhi Leonard's load management was all worth it. And I said, look at the Clippers right now. Look at how they're playing. Look at how Kawhi's playing. It was all worth it. He misses game three and four. Obviously, it's unfortunate, but wow, what a change from. Bro, I said Suns in five. <laughs> That's what I said. I um, said Suns in yeah, seven. Right. I thought Kawhi would hang yeah. around. Um, now he's not playing. Yeah. All right. So that is it for study hall. Thank you for everyone who pulled up. We appreciate you. We love you. We appreciate the comments. I'm facts. I always like to thank the commenters. Thank you guys for contributing to the show in the comments. You guys mean a lot to us. Um, You know, whether you're too shy to come up on stage, whether you you know, you're going to kill it on stage, but don't have faith in yourself, you know, whatever it is like, 
Thank you for sending comments. We really appreciate it. We love reading them. We love answering them. We seriously thank you for the comments. If you came up on stage, triple thank you. But if you contributed in the comments, you still get a triple thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your contributions to the show. Thank you very much. Thank you. We I echo Chris Animus. Thank you. Because listen, we, me and Chris could just talk to each other for two hours and do this ourselves. So we appreciate you. Shout out to I-95 Bully. Shout out to Kevin. Shout out to Busy. Shout out to Ben. Shout out to T.O. Shout out to Kimmy. The Boss Robert Cross. T.T. Pittman. Free Daps. Mark Zuckerberger. Mark Zuckerberger. RKB. Shout out uh, to Elton, Shout out to Ben Kim Gerby. Yes, sir. Shout out to RKB, Don Bolo, Daniel, Bernard, oh. Abby, Rod, D, Courtney, Courtney. Yes, Courtney, Xavier, Edward, Wolf, Steve. Thank you very much. Richie Rich, thank you. Big up yourself. All right. I am. We're going to close this out. Thank you again, everyone. We miss you. We, we love you all. Let's go next. <laughs>